Welcome to the podcast where you get your news and views of the sports world that we live in. And now here's your podcaster, Lige Weichers. Welcome to the Lige Weichers Show. Let's talk championships. That's right, folks. The day has finally come where I get to come on the podcast and say, Michigan is your national champion. Man, what what a ride it's been. All the way back at the beginning of the year when there was supposed recruiting violations by Michigan, Jim Harbaugh serves a self-imposed three-game ban. But Michigan overcame that. They got Harbaugh back. They started to run the season. Then, next thing you know, sign stealing. People started accusing Michigan of not actually being good, that their players weren't actually talented, but they just stole signs, and that's how they won the game. But then they came into the tough part of their schedule, Ohio State, Penn State, win the Big Ten championship against Iowa, and then you play the SEC. Well, we heard the excuses. The SEC owns the Big Ten. The SEC is where the real players reside. And honestly, I kind of fell into that trap. I said, well, we've seen what happens when the SEC plays the Big Ten. But what we forgot to account for is that this was a new Michigan. This is a Michigan that is prepared in the trenches at the important positions and more specifically on the coaching staff. This is a team that is prepared to beat anyone in the nation and they overcame the SEC champion, Alabama. Finally, I heard the excuses for when they were going to play Washington. The offense wouldn't be able to keep up. J.J. McCarthy wasn't going to play his best game. Washington and Michael Panics, did you see how good they did against Texas? Michigan's going to have to score at least 35, and there's no way you can do that. Well, what do you know? Michigan comes out, and they play a gem of a game. And when I say a gem, they played a gem of two quarters. The first and fourth quarters were gems. In the second and third quarter, did they... Give me a bit of a heart attack. Did I worry they were starting to play too scared and too conservative? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, they put Penix under enough pressure that he started to make mistakes that he wouldn't normally make. Some of the inconsistencies that we wouldn't necessarily see before, all of a sudden, not as accurate on every pass. Missing open players because he's under pressure. Man, Penix started to get beat up and Michigan imposed their will. It started in the first quarter. They established the offensive line. And Blake Corum and the Don, Donovan Edwards, made his return. He hadn't had a great year, I'll be honest. He hadn't looked great. He hadn't scored many touchdowns. Two big explosive touchdown runs to make everyone think, wow, is this game over? Well, Michigan just run away, and they let Washington hang around. They scored a touchdown at the end of the first half, and I got to thinking, all right, well, J.J. McCarthy's going to need to make some plays. And I started hearing some excuses. Oh, the refs are only calling penalties for Michigan, and look at these missed calls. Sure, were there missed calls? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, Michigan was a team that came out and they executed. Penix missed open people too often. J.J. McCarthy, did he play a good game? No. Did he have one big play that got it done? The big in route to Colston Loveland that set up their score to go up by two touchdowns? Absolutely. And after that, the route was on. Michigan was able to get a quick turnover, almost get a pick six. Blake Corn punches it in. It's a 34-13 win, and Michigan is the national champion. I'll just say it now. This is the first team that I've really rooted for that's won a championship in my life, and it's glorious. And this comes on the biggest week for Michigan sports in a very long time. Not only do we have Michigan playing a national championship game, but we have the Lions hosting their first playoff game in 30 years. What a great way to start off the week. Michigan coming out to win a championship, to be the team that 
stands above the rest. Now we have some questions. What's going to happen with the structure of this team? Is Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL? Are they going to have a bunch of seniors just leave and kind of revert back into a top Big Ten team, but not a true national championship contender? Only time will tell. But right now, I'm soaking it in. I'm living in joy. I'm living in the here and now, and that is Michigan is your national champion. No matter how much the haters try to take it away, they can't take away the victories. I'm glad it wasn't Florida State as the four seed. We got the SEC champion, Alabama, beat them. Washington took down Texas. What did we do? Beat them. I am so happy about what I witnessed. Watching Michigan become a national champion is one of the most exciting things, one of the best sporting experiences I've ever had, not one that has happened very often. And, man, it just gets me wanting this even more. But that's all the time we can spend on Michigan for right now. I'll continue to celebrate this throughout the whole year. But as for the podcast, we move on because the sports don't stop rolling for Michigan. That's right. The Detroit Lions having clinched their playoff berth, and now we know who's coming to Detroit to play the Lions in the first round of the playoffs. It's a storybook. You couldn't have scripted this any better. Matthew Stafford and his return to Detroit in the first playoff game in Ford Field. The first time the Lions have won the NFC North. And what do they have to do? They have to slay their former quarterback who was there for so many years. Stafford is still beloved, and the Rams are one of those hot teams that you wouldn't necessarily want to play. What is Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua going to do to the secondary? Man, I'm starting to get nervous. I've seen what happens when Kendall Vildor and Cam Sutton are left on islands. Man, these guys get cooked. I'm a little bit concerned, but not so concerned that I think they're going to lose. The Lions have advantages in this game. I'm going to give you my quick breakdown how I think this game's going to go. We're going to start with the Lions offense versus the Rams defense. The Lions offense, well, we can't talk about the Lions offense without talking about last week briefly. Dan Campbell decides to play the Stars to try to get the momentum rolling after the big Dallas loss, and unfortunately, Sam Laporta gets hurt. Now, it wasn't quite as bad as it looked. It looks like the same injury that Travis Kelsey had, a little hyperextension and bone bruise. Travis Kelsey tried to play, but he wasn't quite himself when he first came back. Campbell said Laporta has a chance to play, but if he plays, what is he, 70% of himself? How good is that? Hopefully Brock Wright is coming back for at least some good blocking. But when you look at the offensive line, everyone seems to be healthy. When you look at the running backs, Gibbs and Montgomery are both healthy. Jameson Williams expected back. Amira did get a little beat up and Khalif Raymond got hurt. I don't expect to see Raymond, but Amira looks good to go. How can the Lions exploit this Rams defense? I think it's going to be the passing game. And honestly, get your athletes on the edge. Get them out in space. Get Gibbs out in space and just play a smart game. The Lions will be able to... Play good offense against anyone if they execute. That's what it's always going to come down to on their offense. They're talented enough to just need to execute to win. Now, the defense for the Lions against the Rams. Here's where it gets tricky. Are they just going to blitz the Rams a whole bunch and leave their guys out on islands? The good thing about Puka and Cooper is they don't have that top-end breakaway speed, so hopefully you don't give up those long bombs, but they're definitely going to get theirs. They're going to score their points. The run defense has been so good all year. You have to bottle up Kyron Williams, who has turned into a really good player, and make Stafford throw. The offensive line can be had. We're going to need a big game out of Hutchinson. And then who's going to pick up the slack? Is it going to be John Kaminsky? Aleem McNeil is back. And what do they do in the back end? Kirby Joseph, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and Ifatu Melifanu throw Brian Branch into that mix? You got four players for three spots. How are they going to rotate? I think you have to keep giving Gardner-Johnson the opportunity to show why he was one of the best safeties in the league last year. But man, the cornerbacks are where it's going to struggle. Kendall Vildor, Cam Sutton, the linebackers in coverage, honestly not great. I think you have to continue to send pressure, be aggressive, and I think they can overcome 
what on paper looks like a scary team. One thing I want to point out, the Rams are very bad on special teams. I saw the rank dead last in special teams in the league, which that really helps. The Lions have struggled kicking, but they're pretty good other than that on special teams. Fortunately for the Lions, the Rams also have a very poor kicker, and they're just not great at special teams to begin with. What will the Lions do at punt return if Khalif Raymond won't go? Maybe it'll be Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's a little bit concerning, but I think there's an opportunity to make a big play or two. I don't think we see fake punts or anything like that, but can you start winning field position battles, 10 to 15 yards extra where you shouldn't be getting those yards? That would be big and could be the difference in what could be a close game in prime time on Sunday night. Quickly, let's run through the rest of the playoff games. Playoffs is the best time of the year for the NFL. Every game means so much. You get to focus on all the games and continue to follow these teams throughout the playoffs. First game Saturday afternoon, the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns. This is sad. This is this is the spot that should have been the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Cleveland Browns. We watched the game last week. We saw the heartbreak that was. It's not a failed season by no means. It was a great season. But, man, it would have been nice to execute a few more plays in that game just to win a division. It's always tough losing a, a divisional game like that, but I digress. Let's talk about the Texans. They are one of my favorite teams. Luke might not like to hear me say this, but I've liked the Texans for a while, and then they draft my boy C.J. Stroud. I can't help but cheer for the Texans although I wasn't cheering for them last week. This week, I will be cheering for the Texans, and they get the Cleveland Browns. Can Joe Flacco continue this run? Are we in for another Joe Flacco Super Bowl run? I don't think so. But I will say, the Texans, I think, are generally overrated. While Stroud has been amazing, it's not like he's putting up 30 points a game. I think the Browns go into Houston, get a little bit of an upset win. The Browns haven't always looked the same away from home, but I think they can do enough where they can beat up on the Texans. The defense will make it tough. Stroud will make some great plays, but sometimes they get into this lull where they just quit scoring points, and that can't happen. How many big plays versus bad plays will Joe Flacco make? That's what this game's going to come down to. I'm going to say he makes enough good plays that they win an ugly one in Houston. Now we go to Saturday night into the frozen tundra of Arrowhead Field. That's right. In Kansas City, it's going to be frigid. Zero degrees feels like negative. Man, this is going to be tough. Miami has to go into this cold weather. They should be getting Jalen Waddle back, but they didn't necessarily inspire confidence last week against the Bills. And generally, we think that the Dolphins aren't good. But it's not like the Chiefs have played very well either. When was the last time they played a good game? I think generally that Mahomes, yeah, he'll be able to turn on the switch get playoff Mahomes going, and I do expect the Chiefs to win, especially because of the cold weather, but I think it's going to be the Chiefs' defense that's going to keep them in it. Miami is very banged up with injuries. They have almost no edge rushers left. I think that's going to be an issue, and the Chiefs do enough to win an ugly one, not one that inspires confidence on Saturday night. Next, we got Bills and Steelers. Sunday afternoon. Man, this shouldn't be a good game. The Bills should roll. How do the Steelers make it into the playoffs like this so often? I'm not really sure, but Josh Allen... Man, what an experience watching that guy play. I think the Bills are good enough. They're just going to run the ball. No T.J. Watt for the Steelers. I think the Bills roll. I'm cheering for the Bills to come out of the AFC. They're my second team I'm cheering for right now. They are above the Texans. It's kind of a toss-up, but I would take the Bills. They were the preseason pick on the podcast to make the Super Bowl. Man, they were kind of lucky to get the two seed for a long time. It's looking like that they would be struggling to make a wild card. So to get the two seed, I'm very happy. They should roll the Steelers early on. Sunday afternoon, everyone's favorite game. We got the Cowboys and Packers. I think this game is going to be closer than people think. 
I think the Packers can keep it close with the Cowboys. Everyone has heard the narrative of how good the Cowboys are at home. I think that's just because they haven't played as good of teams. I think ultimately the Packers' defense will cost them. Jordan Love left to play an insane game, which he's capable of. And Jordan Love, I've been seeing some issues with him outdoors. He'll throw two or three passes that kind of get caught up in the wind or wobblers. This game is indoors. So that gives the Packers a chance. Honestly, I never thought I would say this. I'm cheering for the Packers. Knock out the Cowboys. Give the Lions another home game. I'm not scared to go to Dallas, but would I rather not? Sure, yeah, go Packers. They can win this game, but I don't think they do because their defense lets them down like it consistently does under Joe Barry. We've already talked about the Lions game, so let's go straight to Monday night. Eagles, Bucks, man, what two terrible teams. At least they've looked terrible lately. The Bucks mustered out a 9-0 win against the Panthers, and the Eagles look like they're not even a playoff contender. I would love to take the Bucks here, but Baker's not healthy. How much is that going to hold him back? There's points to be had against this Eagles defense who has not gotten pressure and they can't cover on the back end. Mike Evans and Rashad White could be in for big games. I go back and forth in this game. I'm going to say Bucks win. I know this is kind of an upset, but man, the Eagles have been playing so poorly. Jalen Hurts also banged up. A.J. Brown banged up. What's going to happen? This is a toss-up game. This is the toughest one for me to choose, but I'm taking the Bucks Quickly, before I leave. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to power rank the top five teams that made the playoffs. We've done some power rankings before, and every time I pick the best team, they always lose. But good news, that can't happen because they're on the bye. I think the best team in the NFL right now is the Baltimore Ravens. I know right now it's favored the 49ers, but I think it's the Ravens 1, 49ers 2. Here's where it gets interesting. Three, I have the Bills. I think Josh Allen's upside gives them the chance to be the best team in the league, but his turnovers, fumbles, generally bad decision-making that will just pop up randomly, does hold them back to three. Number four, now this is interesting. Do you take Kansas City? Do you take Dallas? Do you take the Lions? I don't think you can take the Eagles. I'm going Lions over the Cowboys and Chiefs. I know you might call me a homer. The Lions, I truly believe, can beat anyone. They can also lose to anyone. This is where it kind of drops off to me. I think there's a clear three teams that are the true contenders, and then there's, I would say, another tier of Lions, Chiefs, Cowboys. Do you put Miami in that group? Probably do, but with them needing to go on the road, that's tough. I'll put the Lions at four. The number five team, I'll stick with them. I'll take the Chiefs. I'll take Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid to figure it out. Even though they haven't shown any sort of life, I'm going to trust history. I'm going to trust what I've seen before and say that they have a chance to come out of the AFC. It's going to be tough because of who they're going to have to play to get out, but I think they could do it. If you wanted a sixth team, it would be the Cowboys. I had to get this episode out early because it's not every day that you get to say the Michigan Wolverines are national championships. The Lions now have work to do. Before the seasons, I said championships are on the way. Michigan, that's step one. The Lions need to take step two, and that starts on Sunday night against the Rams. Matthew Stafford comes home, and it's time that he gets to experience the brand new Lions. This is not the same old Lions. They're a new team. Dan Campbell have the boys ready. We get to see Dan Campbell and his aggressive decision-making. I'm really excited to see how Campbell handles it. He's going to be playing to win. He's going to be going for it so often. I hope he doesn't back off and get nervous in the moment. We've been doing this all year, and I'm fired up. I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk next week.